you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Taking off Osweiler, got the first down, Osweiler, touchdown! Good for you, Brock Osweiler. Good for you, Brock Osweiler, and good for us that Colts-Broncos is over in uh, what will probably be forgotten but should be remembered as the Brock Osweiler game. The Colts come out, I mean the Broncos come out on top 28-13 to 13 over the Colts. This is Greg Rosenthal. I'm sitting in for Dan Hansis, who's usually here kicking off Thursday night. And I'm alongside Mark Sessler, who had his Star Wars plans, Star Wars plans delayed here. By, uh, <laughs> Absolutely worth it to witness this, this contest. You know, Vance Joseph, people have been starting to talk about his future. Mm-hmm. And a game like this, I don't know if it changes literally anything at all, but the idea that Brock Osweiler stepped in and did his coach a solid – the sky cam, I think, on these games yeah. allows you to see passing lanes and the way that quarterbacks throw and what they're seeing in such a unique fashion. I'm not. I don't need. I don't need more sky cam in my life. I maybe. like it though. It's great, and it showed how that for, there was an open interception by Trevor Simeon, which was one of the worst throws you're going to see all year. He soon went out of the game with an injury. Osweiler came in and made similar throws that he was hitting lasers. I mean, mm. who was this guy? He he was great. I look at the numbers now and I realize they're not. Crazy impressive, 12 of 17, one, 194 yards and two touchdowns. But so many of his throws were great. I mean, you you know, there, there's some guarantees in life. Death, taxes, and Brock Osweiler against the Colts. He beat him twice as a member of the Texans last year. Yeah, made a beautiful, beautiful pass to Cody Latimer for a touchdown. He just took over the third quarter. I love the Mike Tirico call, though. Good for you, Brock Osweiler. There's a little <laughs> bit of condescension there. Yeah, well, it's like they did. It sounded like they spent the week talking to him about all that he's gone through from, you know, being with the Texans to like a, a couple weeks with Cleveland that was a disaster. He winds up in Denver, and that he said it's the minute like the plane hit Denver soil. He felt like he was home again, and, you know, that didn't seem to prove much early on in the season when he played, but this was a different guy tonight. Well, he, now the Broncos don't even have to worry about taking a quarterback in the draft. They have one. You've got Brock. They've, they, it's been a weird journey, but you've found him again. Good for you, Brock Osweiler. <laughs> I don't know what else we're going to take from this game. Cody Latimer's uh, winning himself some free agency money, perhaps. Uh, Frank Gore 
went over 1,200 yards from scrimmage. He's he looked good. He's done it in 11 straight seasons. So him and Emmett Smith are the only players to ever do that. But otherwise, a, another you know blown lead from the Colts in a season full of them. Broncos get to five wins. It was good to see that Brandon Williams, who was hurt, the Colts' mm, tight end, yep. early in the game, and that stopped that slowed things down for about 14 minutes or so. That he's in a hospital, but he it was a head injury, but he has movement and, and feeling, so it sounds like he'll he'll be okay. Yeah, that was good news. It was a bad game for injuries. Emmanuel Sanders got hurt, left the game. Trevor Simeon dislocated his left shoulder, the same shoulder he injured last season. And you make a good point on Vance Joseph. Ian Rappaport said that they really. They're really hoping not to make any changes, barring something being terrible down the stretch. And now they've won a couple games. It would seem like he's safe. Yeah, it was like for the first game in a while where the offense and defense in Denver were not giving mm. each other, you know, ugly looks all game. So we're going to throw it over to Dan Hansis and Chris Wessling in the house today and preview the rest of uh, the Week 15 games. Uh, but are you, are you excited? Before we do that, are you excited to go off to Star Wars tonight? I want to see it. I you know I already have noticed that Erica Tamposi behind the glass is taking shots at the franchise. Uh, you know, a young filmmaker, Erica Tamposi, maybe maybe taking shots yeah, at Luce, Rian, Rian Johnson. Not a great idea. Luce but, Cannon sitting in for Fulton tonight, and she tweets out right before we started, really subtweeting Mark me. You know, she puts her normal Amy Schumer gif out there and and, and call <laughs> says that's her while all the dweebs are waiting in line for star wars mark's in you. a star wars shirt i just noticed this it's a awesome. it's a g off not that's a not a gif awesome. or a gif that's listen awesome. listen i got a lot of t-shirts at home i just chose to wear this one tonight all right well no more delaying uh you have fun tonight mark. thank you and uh have You're going fun. to a concert i hope you I, I am going to a concert as well and uh have fun listening to the week 15 preview sending it over to dan but before we do that give me your best chewbacca oh, impersonation oh. mark i need it <laughs> no that was terrible i don't do it i don't i don't have a top. chewbacca impression <laughs> that's all you're getting from me the around the nfl podcast brings two generations together Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by Head & Shoulders. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Christoph Wesling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Oh, yeah. I, I don't appreciate that comment off the top if that's a shot at Wes and I being like five years older than you guys or whatever it is. That the money, The money drop that has nothing to do with the younger side of the table. Well, it is, I mean, it's it is constant rampant ageism, and that is forbidden in our workplace. That's a good point. It's uh, it's interesting your mind went there. Maybe it was like the generations of families listening to our show together over the holidays. I like that. More realistic. Together. I like that. Uh, Mark, thanks for coming in and talking a little Broncos cults, by the way. You really uh, nailed that. You owe me. Um, <laughs> we have a great show. Week 15 already. Wow, Mark. Can you, can you feel it? Can I you will feel say that. That, that Mexican sunshine upon you as you are on one of your solo jaunts and you're just spread out, you're manspreading on, on a, a chair and you got a bucket of Coronas next to you. What's manspreading? He's so man many questions about this so-called vacation. And the, and the waves are gently lapping. In post, Erica, we can just add this all in. And then a waitress comes over like, Mark, can I get you anything? And you're like, I got everything I need right here. I'm free, baby. There is literally no way that I would be allowed to travel alone to Mexico. 
in my I don't family know. setup. You pulled off. I, don't know. I pulled Quite off a, a lot of. I pulled off. You know, some, some in house. A, a, a typical voyage here and there, but not to another country. No. I've. I've I like. I mean, it's idea. closer than you know Western Massachusetts. Next time, here's the move. You tell them you're going to Western Massachusetts, and then just go to Mexico. Greg, that's not how healthy families operate. More than once, I've like um, said to Emily, "Is like, hey, you ever?" Talk to Simone about like the secrets <laughs> to a healthy marriage, because she seems to have a good idea of things. I'm very lucky, man. Um, all right, so yeah, we're gonna go through each of the Week 15 matchups. Um, so we got 15 games to talk about, and I'm very excited to get into it. Uh, so why don't we get into it? Erica's behind the glass today. Tamposi. Hi guys. The loose cannon. Very exciting. Good timing, although unfortunate that Lindsey Fulton is under the weather. Erica, this is one of the bigger Patriots regular season games in quite some time, so I'm sure you have some butterflies. Oh, yeah. I'm nervous. Especially I'm just... after Monday night. Is that a little bit of, like in the pit of your stomach? Like... I, I was watching it in Pittsburgh. I yeah. was in Pix- Pixburg- Pittsburgh. Yeah. I was in Pittsburgh <laughs> yes. uh, with Shaq, and I was watching the um... – I was watching the Dolphins game, and, you know, my Twitter's mm. blowing up, and I'm seeing everyone saying Sheck that. was there? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That might no, be no, even w- a worse person to be watching a Patriots game across from than Dan on Sunday. Oh, no, That'd but Sunday, <laughs> Sunday night for for the Steelers-Ravens game, I was in a bar, like, getting dinner or whatever, and mm-hmm. there were just Steelers fans everywhere, and I was, like, getting hit in the head with a terrible towel, and I'm just, I was just so fired What, up. were you in your, like, Danny Amendola jersey or something? How did they know that you're... No, like, they were just swinging it. Oh, just hitting anyone yeah, in like the head. Oh, they weren't just... physically assaulting you. No, all right, no, that's unfortunately good. So not. concerning. Give me another reason to not like Steelers fans. Um, all right. There you go. All good stuff. Very uh, Tamposi, I am a little bit... You know my feeling on the path, so I'm hoping you're going to be posting that... Uh, Amy Schumer wine drinking gift over and over again uh, on Sunday, but we'll see how it plays out. I don't even want to watch, to be honest. I'm like literally scared. You're in fear. I can tell. I am. Coming I really off the of Monday, am. your oh. confidence is shaken. Yeah, I'm not, not. I'm not in a good spot. Not Amy Schumer. Well, that's the gift. That's, that, that's her. That's, that's her thing. Bit. That's, that's her Tim bit. Tim bit. Isn't isn't that a totally different comedian? No, it's Schumer. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. oh I was thinking of her as Leslie Nope. Mm. All right. <laughs> it, it, Let's carry on. It's, you know, deep waters out here with current pop culture references. <laughs> Let's be careful nope. here, Wes. Again, Greg, with the ages, <laughs> slow down. Uh, uh, all right, here we go. Let's get into these. We'll get to, of course, Pats and Steelers a little bit later. But we like to go in um, chronological order, which means we're starting with Saturday games. First game up, the Chicago Bears, 4-9. and nine. Uh, last place in the NFC North. It is the end of the John Fox era, uh, uh, most likely. Now they travel to Detroit to face the Lions. And here's Matthew Stafford. I haven't heard a lot of reports about his hand, so I'm, I'm assuming that that's in a better place now. Can the Lions finish strong, Mark, and, again, stay in the picture till the end of December? A W at home against a bad Bear teams, a Bears team would do it. I don't know how Jim Caldwell – makes a major argument for returning next season if they don't take care of this one. It's, uh, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, I thought, played his best game of the season last week against the Bengals, and that was encouraging. But my one thing about the Bears is that when you watch what's happened uh, with teams like the Rams, where you had a young quarterback that didn't have much around him, that they focused on getting a better coach in there and a better set of weapons around him. They did the same thing for Carson Wentz. If you don't use this offseason to radically change aspects of this organization and this offense, and that starts with the coaching staff. I don't understand how Bears fans have much to hope for beyond this season. Is there a thought that that's not going to happen? I don't know. I mean, I, I would They're assume They're certainly going to try. They have to. I mean, I just think they there's tried a lot those, to do. 
they tried this offseason and had one of the worst free agent sprees possible. Uh, Bill Barnwell wrote about it, you know, pointing out, like, it could not have gone worse. Marcus Wheaton, Dion Sims, like, Yikes. the money that they spent on, on weapons. Mike Lennon. Mike Glennon, sure. Like, it was a disaster in free agency. So I think it's a question if Ryan Pace gets the job. But then again, like, it wouldn't surprise me if they win this game in Detroit, would it? This was a, it wouldn't it, be shocking. This was a nail-biter just a couple weeks ago when these two teams played. Yes, the Bengals if they think the Bears are a bad team. Right. They're 11th in weighted defensive DVOA, which means they've been about a top-10 defense for the past month. Mm. So this is not a pushover team. And and if you're, if you're kind of – a little tired of the Lions sticking around. Like, the, we were in a pretty good chance here. The Lions are going to get to week 17 with a maybe play-in type of game against the Packers. They have the Bears this week, then the Bengals, and then the Packers. Like, they, they can be there at 9-6. and six. I know no one kind of wants them. There's a good chance of it, but what's kind of annoying about the Lions, even if they get to 9-6, and six, which is a very respectable record, if they get there, what's going to happen in week 17 if Aaron Rodgers needs that game too? It will be a game that I feel like could get out of hand, but – they got to get there first. Yeah, it's no. I, it, it. I I I feel like Lions fans are always annoyed that we don't give them more credit. But I still find a team that just is, I don't have a lot of faith in. Well, beyond, they're last in like yards per season. carry. They're last in rushing yards. Like they need. Like Stafford had a thirty-eight for forty-one stretch, and it's like that's the type of stuff they need to win games. Oh, by the way, that works both ways. I'm often annoyed at Lions fans. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Um, all right, moving on. The Los Angeles. Super Chargers, four wins in a row, now travel to Kansas City to face the Chiefs at Arrowhead. How exciting. This is a good one. Uh, two seven and six teams. The AFC West could be on the line, and this is it, Wes. I mean, if we really think this Chargers team is different this year, if we think they're a better team, go into Arrowhead and get a W. You think it's going to happen? This is a huge, huge game. Because it's it's probably going to determine who wins that division. Yep. And I, I don't remember a year this late in the season where good luck with your power rankings in the NFL. I don't see how anybody could rank the top teams and top ten teams in the league right now. And it starts with the Chargers, a team that could very easily win the Super Bowl or miss the playoffs altogether. They are arguably the best team in the NFL over the past month. Overall, offense, defense, um, they – since week five, their defensive numbers compare favor- favorably to the Jaguars. They are one of the best defensive teams in the NFL. They have yet to allow a 100-yard receiver, the only team that can say that. And their offense is the best offense in the league for the past month. So, to me, I- I'm taking the Chargers. I'm not thinking twice about it. And for the second week in a row, I'm blocking them up. Whoa. Right. Whoa. Let, let, me, uh, let me get on the old west corner here. Because I want to be in on this fun with the Chargers. You guys, I was pessimistic, uh, but you guys all think this Chargers team is the real deal. Mark, you think they're going to win the Super Bowl and all that. Um, going back to August. So, yeah, they're you know, going to be in the Super accolades. Bowl according to that prediction. Uh, but anyway, I am in the same boat. I will say that the, the Chiefs played a very good offensive game, or at least in the time that they had the ball against the Jets and then played poorly on defense. Last week, they played better on defense against the Raiders. So maybe they're starting to put it together. But I am also going to lock up the Bolts because I think they are the best team in the division. I think they're playing in January. I mean, I think let's go. I think they're the best story in the NFL. Now, it, all of it may mean nothing if they lose this game, but I think they are the best story in the NFL. Phillip Rivers, at the end of his 
run, maybe having a chance to win MVP. I think all the talk that we had in this room that the AFC is so predictable and it's so top-heavy, I don't buy it. I see, I see the Chargers as a Super Bowl contender. I see the Ravens as a Super Bowl contender. The Jaguars, at least, are dangerous. I think it's a deeper conference than we thought, and the Chargers are the main reason. The one thing you can say, though, is all those numbers have been piled up against bad teams, and they've been very lucky to play uh, You know, Ezekiel Elliott-less Cowboys when they were at their lowest. Uh, the Browns, the the Redskins who have been in a tailspin, Nathan Peterman game. So this is a better a better test on the road. All those teams also really were struggling to rush the passer. I think that's the way you get at Phillip Rivers because otherwise Phillip Rivers is in a better rhythm than any quarterback in the league. He's starting Dave. to just throw those kind of like, I'm feeling it, so I'm just going to throw it up to Keenan Allen and see what happens, and the two of them are making magic. They've allowed the fewest sacks in the NFL, and Rivers yep. is a master at – Blitz pickup and pass protection and getting everyone on the same page. That's they what, totally passed the eye test. If you absolutely. watch that Redskins That's game, the thing. Is I don't doubt them yeah. either. I was thinking of locking them up absolutely too. I kind of had a feeling it might they be a popular a, one. A triple lock. The, and a big a big difference with Chargers. Their offense with Rivers, like you said in the other, uh, last show, Greg, it's kind of the, the reverse of last season where he kind of faded. He's getting stronger. They are extremely opportunistic. Their uh, turnover differentials – Point uh, plus 14 mm. since week five after in the first four weeks, it was minus three. So they get the ball. They steal the ball away. They got pass rushers. They got the guy at quarterback. This is a team that got I think is ready. You forgot about one part of the feel-good story. You know what happened a month ago when all this started, Dan? What? Resign Cumbie. Cumbie! Right. I thought you were saying that uh, hashtag knock on wood by Matt Money <laughs> oh. Smith took off about a month ago. Maybe those things are tied together as well. Wes remembers the 1992 Chargers, the only other team in NFL history that started 0-4 and, mm. and made the playoffs. That was an exciting year. That same DNA <laughs> is in the bloodstream of this Chargers organization. It, it, would, it would be so amazing to have a home. It'd be so weird that there'd be a home playoff game in StubHub. Maybe that's what's going to get people to notice in LA. And I, I think from the other side, before we go, this is a huge game for Alex Smith's future. It's the type of game that I think inspired them to draft Patrick Holmes. And if, if they lose this game and he doesn't play great down the street, like he needs to win these types of games and maybe some playoff games to, or else he's going to get traded this off season. One thing I noticed about the chiefs last week, can Kareem hunt run, out of a regular formation, or does it need to be in run mm. read option? Because his bounce back game after a month of not doing anything, it almost came exclusively out of read option. Um, all right, let's move on. Check in on the AFC East. The Dolphins, uh, with back to back wins, including that big one against the Patriots on Monday, are now six and seven. And, and some people are whispering, "Ooh, can they be relevant uh, down the stretch?" I don't know, but that was a nice win against the Pats. They now travel to Orchard Park. Um, this is how crazy the um, Blizzard Bowl was. The Dolphins just threw out the tape um, of that of the game. What are you gonna learn? I mean, there's nothing to learn. Uh, it was just it was what it was. The Bills got out of it alive just by the skin of their teeth. Uh, but now we have a situation, Greg, where the Bills to to have any hope of ending that. Uh, drought need to win against the Dolphins. How confident are you? Not at all. I think the Dol- the Dolphins have a much higher ceiling than the Bills. The Bills are hmm. a generic team. That's the couple games that they've won over the- this struggling stretch have not been overly impressive. And I don't know. Is Miami gonna be the team that rips the fork out of their back? It, it seems crazy, and but I-, I we always I always say that teams can change over the course of the season. I don't know if the Dolphins can, but the last two weeks, 
they've they changed. They've been really good, and they've got some good players that I, I do think they can win this game. And the game's on their schedule at Kansas City you know, versus Buffalo. They are winnable. It, it, and if they get to 9-7, and seven, they'd probably be in. It's crazy we're talking about the Dolphins. I think Kenyon Drake is someone you can say, okay, the Jay Ajayi trade, we get it now. You had you must have been scouting your own talent, and he's been fantastic. I thought that the way that Miami played against New England, and you can say it's a one-off situation. Maybe it was the amazing uniforms in prime time. I don't know. A little bit of magic going on there, but they were the more physical team. They battered Tom Brady, and if you can do that kind of thing, and you can get the Jay Cutler performance that you got that night, some semblance of that in each of these games, they are a potential but isn't AFC. But the whole team. hook of this, like before you I get don't excited trust it. about Miami, you ne- he doesn't have to play at the level he played Monday, which was out of his mind. But I mean, do we really think Cutler's going to close out the season? It's highly at a high I, level. Like I, history I, says, no. It's all about the play calling. Like even though it was mostly the ding- he made a couple really nice plays, but it was mostly the the short throws that they've been asking him to do. But it's the rest of the team, and it's more than one week. They they played really well on offense overall against Denver, who technically is the number one defense in the league in terms of yards allowed. So that's a couple weeks in a row that they've played well. Up is down, black is white, cats are chasing dogs. We're picking the team from South Florida to go into Buffalo uh, in December that's a good and me. beat the Bills. Not me. Well, you guys all got Dolphins? I'm t- I, take I think the Dolphins are the better team. Okay. But the Bills haven't really per- impressed me all year. So I actually think Buffalo is going to win this game. Okay, we'll see. Uh, I like where your head's at, Mark, but I respect where the scientists are at. So I'm kind of in a you know, rock and a hard place, personally. <laughs> yeah, it's, been, it's been a rough you know, hour for you, Dan. Put it this way. I'm not going to sleep until Sunday. Just who's going to win this game? Well, then I would like to hope that you'll be closely monitoring tonight's Thursday night football clash. Um, I won't. Um, actually, great job, though, Mark. It already happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, like I said. I you... like that you locked him into that. I still Mark, thought there was a chance business, I was Mark. doing that solo. Yeah. Show business, baby. It already happened. <laughs> I get it. Let's move on. The <laughs> I need Bay... to keep bringing it up. The Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is back. What could be more exciting? The NFL season needed Aaron Rodgers back, and now here he is, Mark Sessler, and he gets right into it. It would probably be nice, the Packers, if they got you know a little layup with Aaron. Give him a little cupcake. Kind of work, you know. him, work him back into the mix. He's got to knock off some rust, see if he can take a hit. But, no, they get sent on the road. They need, they're need. 7-6. they got to win out. Now they go on the road to take on the Panthers. This is a tough way to go from zero to 100, and but you might have the right guy to do it. Let's play a little game of what's more. Oh, saucy. Let me ask you this. Mark, you're frisky today. <laughs> Thank you for the constant in- encouragement. It means a lot to him. <laughs> How about this? What's more likely, one week after Green Bay barely beat the Browns, Aaron Rodgers takes this otherwise very average Packers roster on a magical three-game win streak over the Panthers, Vikings, and Lions, or Carolina takes care of business on Sunday, takes out the Bucks and Falcons down the stretch to finish 12-4 and four and host a playoff game, if not grab a bye in the NFC. Packers, more likely. It's the same, same team Aaron Rodgers was carrying earlier in the year when they were playing great. I, they are they are an average team besides him, but he's that good. And this being Star Wars Day or night, <laughs> I listen to Tuesday's podcast and find all of your lack of faith disturbing. Picking the Cowboys is more likely to make the playoffs than the Packers. Give me a break. You have no respect for, for, for performance art and what Aaron Rodgers has done with I was, I was the run the table and whatever he's going to do this year, which will top all of it and make all of you look foolish. Is Wes locking it up? Oh, wait. Here. <laughs> Uh, 
I, I, don't I, even, I don't even remember picking the I would the take the Packers but. now, but I, I thought Rodgers might not come back. I was taking that into the consideration that he may you not. You were riding that pretty hard. You you seemed to be highly I, skeptical. Well, it, it, and if you read the reports, like they went deep into Tuesday night more than 24 hours after they actually got the results of it. So there was some back and forth. There were some late nights like trying to figure out whether it was really worth it. There wasn't really like – a clear answer, and they decided to go for it. And I think that makes sense because how many years are you going to have in Aaron Rodgers' career? Take a shot. If they happen to lose this game, maybe you even reevaluate whether he plays if, the next If day. If the doctors cleared him, which obviously they did, okay, cool. But am I completely confident the man with 14 screws in his clavicle that's coming back at the earliest possibility uh, is going to make it through the next three games? I'm, wor- I'm worried about that as somebody that loves Aaron Rodgers and saw what happened to Tony Romo once upon a time. So I'm factoring in is Rodgers actually physically going to be able to do this? And the schedule is so hard. I, the, yeah. the Cowboys have a much more forgiving schedule. I yeah, and the, we never answered your what's more likely, by the way. I I will say at uh, your leisure. I will say the <laughs> I will say the Packers are slightly more likely in, in that scenario because that's a, you're giving the Carol, the Panthers also would have to be the Falcons there. And I think if the if Green Bay gets past this game, then I kind of expect to be watching Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. This that's this when is, it gets fun. This is the yep. game. Back to back, I can't think of a rougher back to back scenario than playing the Panthers defense, which I know the Vikings got into that game late, but they battered Case Keenum last week. Against, and then next week you have the Vikings. And and how do you, a really depleted offensive line? Yep. And how do you I think really take care of the Packers as you throw the ball up and down the field? And I don't think the Panthers are built for that. Greg Olson was kind of just there last week. He really didn't do anything. They had a, undra- a third-year undrafted player, Demir Bird, come off injured reserve and immediately become their number two receiver because they don't have anyone else. Like, this is not a consistent offense. I expect it to be close. How many well, – I feel like Cam Newton, I'm watching him just lung- lug the ball downfield to almost no one on deep passes. I mean, it's, there's no one down there, and, he's, and it's like there's no one within 10 yards of where the ball lands. He's the 37th most productive quarterback since week nine. Which means, many, which means many, yes, passing. He's averaging but they over are, 65 yards The Panthers rushing. are the number one rushing team in the NFL over that time period. Largely because of him. And the Packers gave up Isaiah Crowell's first 100-yard rushing game of the season. Um, are you ready for my answer? Yes, Dave. <laughs> okay. Here it comes. <laughs> you ready? I am more than ready. Okay. The more likely scenario is the Packers went out. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, everyone can now rest comfortably for the rest of the weekend. The Baltimore Ravens. <clears throat> oh, crushing, crushing. 39 to 38 loss um last Sunday night. Uh they really you really kind of get the vibe that the better team that night might not have won just cuz they were they were in control and they just couldn't close it out, but that's football. You got to close. So you're 7 and 6, you're still in okay shape now because guess what happens? You go to Cleveland. Now that's the schedule makers throwing you a little lollipop and um <laughs> I'll tell you what, Wes, every week on on this podcast and all through NFL media People pick the Browns to win their first game, and then every week they let all those people down. How about this week? The Browns sense the the doom ahead of them. They said, no, we're stopping. We're ending the Ravens season, and we're ending our losing streak. In five years of this podcast, I don't think I've ever picked the Browns to win once. (laughs) It's a good philosophy. (laughs) You're doing well. But I have a question for Mark. You know, there's a lot of important topics going on in Cleveland. Will Hughes stay for 2018? Do football analytics work? Why is the new regime throwing the old regime under the bus already? Here's my question. Where's the valve? Oh. Where's Seth the valve? Yeah, you know what? I thought he was good for at least six wins. 
for for all the off season, another argument that it, the idea that we even sort of walk into this building in the off season may be something that's a questionable <laughs> maneuver. Uh, probably spoke written about two thousand, three thousand words on Seth the Valve, and he's been largely successful as a ghost. <laughs> well, it's at least he's successful in something. It's like my son. I this morning I went to his uh, his Christmas concert, if you will, at his preschool daycare, and. Uh, was he successful? He was in the front row. He never opened his mouth. At one point, he was covering his eyes with his hands. And then by the last song, I think it was um, Jingle Bells, he turned his back to the audience. Was that successful? I kind of think it was in its own way. It was kind of subversive. He's he a bit of a, himself. Yeah, he's a scene yeah. stealer. He didn't wet himself. He, kind of... he didn't cry. Plus, it lets you see the progress. Next year, it's going to be a little better. And then the last year, he's going to be belting out those show tunes like uh, – Rita Moreno. I don't, I, I don't know if Dan is looking Rita for a Moreno. show tune singing son either, but I, I love Rita my son, Moreno. whatever he will be, Mark. I'm just saying, is that what you, you want show t- him to be leading show tunes? I want him okay, to be that's Broadway's right. all-time giant. Okay. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Speaking of the Browns, Ken Dorsey is the new general manager. Uh, and uh, John, yeah. Dorsey. John Dorsey. Ken Dorsey is Excuse one of me. the many names on the back of that yeah, yeah. Browns starting quarterback. Jersey. Oh, my God. John Dorsey is the new Browns general manager, and John – uh, did not hold back uh, when he was talking about the previous regime uh, when he's speaking to a Cleveland radio station. Let's listen in. You know what? You got to get a guy like that players. And you know what? I'll come straight out with it. You know what? The the guys who were here before that system, they didn't get real players. Mm. This, by the way, is WKNR850, the really big show with Aaron Goldhammer. Pretty cool. Wow. He was also uh, – uh, Dorsey was already flying. He might as well start talking a little Parcells. GMs like to do that stuff. As Bill Parcells would always say, you are your record. And you know what? There it is. So that's the truth teller in this thing. Um, and I'm going to do my darndest to get Hugh players. And that's all I can ask for. And that's all I'm going to do. I like the man. Do you like that? Well, I don't like the lack of accountability in discussing the coaching staff's role in this. I think that a, a a more experienced, more credible, better coaching staff would have had four wins out of this team. Well, plus, if you're Emmanuel Ogba or Miles Garrett listening to that, you're like, hey, go F yourself. <laughs> well, they have. I'm a, I've right. been awesome. That like, right. like imagine if your they, boss came in and said they didn't. I, I know what he was trying to right. say, but I, if you were a player, I think that would be offensive. I also thought it was interesting. They tried to pin him down on keeping Q, and he did. He absolutely did not uh, commit to that. Oh, well, I still think that's very much an open question. And then, by the way, I understand all the players they missed on, but like they signed Kevin Zeitler, he's been good for them. Their their offensive lineman they brought that was in, unnecessary. I thought. I just but think it's. Just I think on. it's like here's the thing: you these guys roll in and they don't realize that fans can't even keep it straight which front office did what at this point. There's been so many of them. When you come out and you say this, you better deliver. Yeah. And the last twelve people that came out and made these kinds of promises didn't do a thing. <laughs> Uh, Wes, let's talk a little Ravens here because they deserve to be Love talked to. about. The relevant team the, in this game. <laughs> um, Joe Flacco and the offense, there was a, a long stretch of that Pittsburgh game where they were just – the Steelers couldn't stop them. Uh, and this has been a trend for them. This is the team that couldn't do anything for most of the year before the last couple of weeks. Thank you for setting me up, Dan, because yeah. we are now in Christmas season. Since the week before Halloween, this team is averaging over 30 points per game. That is – Wow. That is not a bad offense. And a lot of it's defense and special teams and field position, but whatever gets it done. But the last couple of weeks, the offense has shown up, and they're averaging almost 400 yards a game over the Mm -hmm. last – this is the number one team in the AFC according to 
pro fo- uh, according to Football Outsiders metrics. They are the number one ranked team in the NFL. And I'm not saying the Ravens wow. are the best team in the AFC, but there's a lot of numbers that suggest we've been underrating them all year. Well, I think they now are a team that can fall down 14 nothing in a tough environment in the playoffs, and that's what's going to happen. You know, they're going to be on the road in the playoffs and come back. They showed it. I mean, they they can come back and take a 31-20 to 20 lead. Their defense blew that game. I think they can play a lot better. And it's all about Alex Collins in the running game. I mean, Flacco was okay last week, but everything is coming off what's now one of the best running back duos in the league, mostly Collins. Uh, Danny, Colley, Danny Kelly uh, of The Ringer wrote a great piece on him this week just of how good Alex Collins has been. And now Danny Woodhead behind him. Like, if you have a running game that strong in a defense, you're going you're gonna to travel well. I, Flacco's been sacked two times in the last three games. That helps a lot, too. And I do think, though, the loss of Jimmy Smith showed up against Pittsburgh, and it's, it's not going to hurt them against Cleveland. Cleveland turns the ball over, adding an incredible rate, especially in the red zone in Baltimore. No defense is taking – they have more turnovers per drive than any team in the league right now, and I think that's a terrible matchup for Cleveland. Baltimore's going to handle business. Deshaun Kaiser has, has become a, a a serviceable fantasy quarterback. He does he does move the team at stretches, but like that interception that cost them the game Ooh. last week, that is a rookie that is still underwater in a lot of ways, and it makes me think that the Ravens needing this game, the Browns being where they are, this could be the fourth shutout of the season for the Ravens. I feel strongly that they are not going to be competitive. He's locking it up, the shutout? <laughs> no. That would be – That would be gutsy. Um, all right. Any other thoughts, gentlemen? Let's move on. The Houston Texans uh, are a 4-9, uh, three-game losing streak. Think we get some more T.J. Yates this week? Oh, we're getting him. All right. Whether you want him or not. And uh, the Jaguars, got to love this Jaguars schedule this season. They're 9-4. and four. <laughs> They are on fire. They just beat the Seahawks. And now they have a chance to move to 10-4 and four and uh, move closer towards that uh, AFC South title. Greg, they're going to do it, aren't they? I think they will. And uh, they're, they're even moving closer to uh, – a potential buy in the playoffs. I don't know if we have the calculation. Oh, sounds. we got to do some calculation, by the way. <laughs> Dial it up. What? <laughs> Greg Rosenthal playoff calculator now online. Yeah, I've received this question a few times. People genuinely think I have some sort of power here. <laughs> that if the Jaguars win out, do they get the buy if the Patriots lose this week? And the answer is yes. They would have the conference record tiebreaker over the Patriots. So if you're a Jaguars fan... You are rooting for them to to win this game. I, there's no reason to think they won't, and you could be the two seed by Sunday night. Ooh, I'm just getting excited thinking about if that could happen. Let's say the Pats lose, and then the Jags win out, and the Pats have to play the Ravens maybe on Wild Card Weekend. The last time the Patriots played on Wild Card Weekend, what happened, Greg? Ray Rice ran all over him. Oh yeah, come on, connective tissue, baby. Yeah, I was trying try to think. You're right, seven straight buys, so that would have been it. Bam. <laughs> that would be fun. Greg, your online playoff predictor. Any concerns about the net neutrality scenario going <laughs> well, washing a- over the land? AOL is is scot free on that. Okay, you know AOL <laughs> is good. They, they're so under the radar okay. that they're cool. Good. Here's good the one question about the Jaguars. You just mentioned that the Ravens proved they can fall down fourteen to nothing on the road and come back and win. The Jaguars are not a comeback team, and you saw two out of the th- past three weeks. The coaching staff did not trust the quarterback to throw with the game on the line. I don't trust Blake. You know, Blake Bortles has played better. you got to give him credit. But the coaching staff doesn't even trust him 
mm. to lead a comeback or to even pa- complete a pass on third down with the game on the line. He does have better weapons, though. D.D. Westbrook, he's good. Like He's a fourth-round pick that looks like a first-rounder. No, he's good. And Marquise Lee's making plays. He got Fournette. It's not a bad offense, actually. I mean, yeah, it's an average offense. I, I I will fully gear, I will I will grant you all that. The weapons are good. Fournette worries me a little bit because he gets a new injury every week. But when your quarterback throws it to the other team with the game on the line, that's a yeah, problem. Yeah, like I've heard the scenario, like ooh, you know, Jaguars coming to Fox, bro. That that like that's the matchup as Patriots fans that I would welcome. That I, yeah. that that is a matchup that sounds okay to me. The one thing they have to do, it's because it doesn't matter who is under center for the Texans. DeAndre Hopkins, another incredible game last week with Yates. Exactly. It, you could throw any ham and egger out there, except still, Osweiler. Except Osweiler still winds <laughs> up there with like 140 yards, making insane there are limits to everything. Catches yeah. down the sideline. I mean, this is an, they, the Texans have these star players. But they're not even going to get a first-round pick out of this terrible season. They have three. He's the all-pro opposite Antonio Brown. That Browns trade is turning out amazing because their next three games, they're, they're going to be heavy underdogs in. So you're looking at 4-12. and 12, That's a top-five pick. Yeah. I mean, for, I, the, with, for the Browns. With all that talent come. Oh, no. I was, they missed it. Okay. No no Texans pick. <laughs> mm. Sorry. Ouch. Browns getting two. It, no, it works out well. You could have also had a, a franchise quarterback at this point. So, you know. <laughs> Well, they, they're going to get one more shot at it. Let's we'll see what happens. Moving on, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, not even competitive last week against uh, the Bears after they uh, ended their season in crushing fa- fashion against the Steelers. So they seem to be playing out the string at this point. And now they get to go to Minnesota to face the Vikings, Mark. Uh, Case Keenum maybe came down to earth a little bit um, last week after being on fire for about a three- or four-week stretch. Is this – the uh, the chink in the armor for the Vikings that Keenum kind of comes down to earth. Well, you know what happened. Concerns there. I I am not concerned because what happened last week, as Wes pointed out on Sunday's uh, recap show, was that it was an offensive line missing three starters, and the Panthers took advantage of that. You have right tackle Mike Remmers and center Pat Eiflin back in the lineup. It sounds like for this week, and they don't know about Riley Reef. He didn't practice today. That's you're probably not going to get him. But you've got two of the three guys back. I think that's big news for Case Keenum. And this is the Bengals. And the Bengals are coming off a game where they looked utterly awful. I think that Pittsburgh game broke them for good. It finally broke them for good. This is the last month we're going to see of Marvin Lewis probably. The whole thing is going to change in Cincinnati. I've seen this Bengals team before. In diff- this is the end of an era Bengals team mm. where they go through the motions. They start confiscating banners in the stadium. Banners reading same as it ever was. Marvin, it's like bad old times again. It's I've seen this edition before. The Cincinnati Enquirer is going crazy, just writing them off. I, I think they're going through the motions. And poor Kyle Rudolph, who uh, from Cincinnati went to my high school, Elder High School, not going to play in this game against his hometown team, according to Ian Rappaport, with an ankle injury. I mean, Marvin Lewis said on Thursday, you know, we all realize when we sign up for these jobs, it's not forever. I think we, we all accept that. And well, I, Marvin he, Lewis is an idiot. <laughs> well, but he's right about this thing, Mark. He's right about this. I mean, that. I think him saying, "I think we all accept that," almost feels like I accept that we are going to collapse and this the, the rest of the way. Well, is be what kind of coach says that? I mean, that's a very telling comment. Uh, let's move on. The New York Jets, five and eight. They got shut out in Denver last week, and now don't have Josh McCown anymore because he broke his hand. So it's Bryce Petty going into the Superdome to face the nine and four Saints. Uh, West, West, what could possibly go wrong? This is a godsend game for anyone whose fantasy defense is the Saints and just happened to have them 
and was thinking, you know, I don't know if I want to play them against Josh McCown, but Bryce Petty, you definitely, if you can't have the Jaguars versus TJ Yates or the Ravens versus Kaiser, this has to be like the third best fantasy defense this week. How about a little Roto World uh, fantasy expertise here from the, the old scientist? I mean, <laughs> I would, I would. The start, old scientist. I don't Once know. again, Greg, with the that's rampant what, ages. That's not what I meant. But okay. Very sensitive times. I would start the worst defense in the league against Bryce Petty. I, I, there's nothing I've seen from that Dude, guy. have you seen him in the preseason? He wrecks. I don't, what is – can I ask a question? You, I, I, It's not your thing to answer, Dan, necessarily, yes. but Chris, Christian Hackenberg is a second-round pick that they are openly making it clear they have no intention to get a look at at all this season. That is a bad draft pick. Well, what is a, going on with this guy? It's a simple answer. Breaking. He can't play. He can't play. And they blew the pick, and they know they blew the pick, but he's under contract. And um, Todd Bowles is trying to win games because that's what Todd's trying to do. So he's playing the quarterback. So you that cut he him the, is it's, it's the minute the new league year. I mean, you just get rid of this guy. Why keep him on your roster? Well, uh, he's he's not paid much. I would say it's a. I would say he's fighting an uphill battle to make next year's team. If that's what you're saying, right? I, and I think Petty. I think Petty is a guy. He's kind of another Jag guy, but they want to get a look at him. And the, one of those guys, if not both, will be gone. They need to remake that quarterback room and, and have a. In my opinion, a high pedigree draft pick come in. They've tried the mid round pick now uh, the last few times, and that's such a crapshoot, especially when you're the Jets right. who cannot develop quarterbacks. I mean, it worked with Geno, but I, I see what you're Right. Mean. It worked with Geno, obviously. But now it's time to go back to, and this failed too with Mark Sanchez, but go back to the other model. Go get a quarterback in the top 10. Uh, re sign McCown if you can. Have him as the bridge mentor. And if you want to keep Hackenberg on the back of the bench, you could do that. Or you just get rid of him outright. But I think they need to really hack and bench. Some, yeah, hack and bench. <laughs> it's time to really kind of get this thing going at the quarterback position if you want to have a, a winning model. You might have got the best of both worlds unless you really don't want the coach back because you've, ha- you've been able to enjoy this season as a Jets fan into December. No one thought that would happen. And you might still probably are going to wind up with a top. Eight, nine, ten pick, and well, it's a it's a godsend for the Saints getting them to come in. They are a heavier favorite this weekend than they've ever been at the Superdome, which is wow, kind of, which is kind of shocking, really, and which is oh. also shocking because they're missing some defensive players. They've they've had some injuries, uh, but Alvin Kamara is going to be back for this game, or at least they expect him to be, and. Like his value to them was shown so clearly last Thursday when he was gone. They couldn't really move the ball without him. When he's back, they, they should be fine. I would almost, if, if I'm the Saints, I'd be a little careful with Kamara after the concussion. You could take care of the Jets and not give Kamara the ball 20 times, right? You can uh, beat the Jets with Michael Thomas, Brandon Coleman. I think you can. Willie Sneed. I also, Mark Ingram. One last note. I, I after Tommy Lee the, Lewis? In the August. Mike Lewis. In the in the August era, I was like really conflicted. Do I really want the Jets to tank? It'd be such a crappy season to watch. I don't need any more wins. Let's go to five and eleven. Well, exactly. You want to you you yeah. gonna, you'll be able to draft a quarterback in the top ten if that's what you you've want. You've got you've got just the right quarterback for your wishes. I'm very excited about that. Merry Christmas to all Jets fans. Let's move on uh, to an NFC East matchup uh, between the Eagles and the Giants, and uh, we don't need to say anything about the Giants. Let's focus on the Eagles here, in the sense that. There is no more Carson Wentz. All we have now is Nick Foles. That's all Eagles fans have. Is there some hope, Greg, that Nick Foles, and let us not forget that in 2013, Nick Foles had a 119 passer rating for an entire season. That happened. What if they caught lightning in the bottle twice? Is it even possible? 
nice supporting cast around him. I think it's possible that he could play kind of league average quarterback level play with a lot of support around him, and that would be enough for them to win games this week. I think it will be telling because the, the Eagles with Carson Wentz, this would be a laugher. And I thought Doug Peterson sent – uh, an interesting message last week when he took points off the board when they had a long field goal. And he said he did that to send a message that he wanted to be aggressive with Nick Foles, just like he was going to be aggressive with Carson Wentz. He wanted to show the team, hey, we're going to throw the ball on third and long or third and short and try to pick up first downs. Like, we trust in Nick Foles. We'll see if that approach works, but I think that's the way you got to do it. You got to stay aggressive. And I think Foles is good enough to win games like this. This question I have. Carson Wentz's Houdini act was hiding some blocking issues, especially at left tackle. Nick Foles is going to take some hits. Yeah. The question to me is, can he stay healthy? What if they have to turn to Nate Sudfeld at quarterback? Well, I could easily <laughs> see Foles getting injured. They need to rely on the running game. He, he can't then get out like of the way like Wentz can, and they've got an issue at left tackle right now. The only parallel, the only reference to the Giants will make is that it kind of reminds me. Dan said that wasn't allowed. Of that age old. Wow. Well, I'm going to break the Talking rules here. That age oh, old 19. Ahead. I will not even finish this sentence. It's no, not going to happen. This age old 1990 Giants team that won Super Bowl 25 were Sims. They were on fire. Sims got hurt in week 15. Everyone thought the season was over. In comes Jeff Hostetler, who is unremarkable but a reliable talent, and the rest of the team helped propel them into the Super Bowl, and they beat the Bills. I mean, I just say I, the, the idea that the Eagles are done because of this, you're in great position to get home field throughout the playoffs, and we'll see what happens there. It's not a crappy team around Nick Foles. This I, isn't the Packers situation. Erica, I was going to ask you to just cut that whole thing, yeah. but what Mark's talking about is the 1990 Giants. That's acceptable. Not the current. Uh, version that's right so that is that's good that is allowed okay <laughs> that's good you know <laughs> any other thoughts on Jeff Hostetler one of the best athletes at quarterback in the league at that time one of the I'm worst sure mustaches you're saying Foles yeah. is of not. all time I'm saying Nick Foles is not going to be able to get out of the way like Carson Wentz if they they turned the running game over to Jay Ajayi last week really over LeGarrette Blunt, and if Ajayi and Blunt and Clement can be a great running game that they've been with Foles then they got a shot the most amazing thing I ever saw in a Giants game. You say the helmet catch. I say Jeff Hostetler in his own end zone. January 1991, Super Bowl 25. Bruce Smith jets around the end, drills my boy Jeff, and Jeff somehow holds on to the football, takes the safety instead of the fumble. Giants <laughs> win 2019. Norwood chokes. Jeff Hostetler had strong hands. Good memory. <laughs> well done. <laughs> It's the Whitney Houston yes, national anthem game. Oh, uh, yeah. I think everyone thinks of it as the Jeff Hostetler strong hands game. <laughs> there's, a good, there's a good book on that game called Super Bowl Monday from our friend Adam Lazarus, who is a podcast listener. Our friend as in? The podcast? Yeah. I've never met he's Adam. He's a supporter. Good oh, guy, good writer. I thought you said like a personal friend. Yeah, I correspond friend of, with him. Friend of Wes's. He sent us his books. I appreciate that. He has a quote for me on the back of one of his books. Does he? Yeah. That's friendship, time. baby. Yeah. Adam, I'll be friends with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. The Arizona Cardinals, 6-7, and seven, uh, eked out that 12-7 win over the Titans last week. Now they travel to Washington to face the Redskins. And I guess the question, Mark, um, that everybody wants to know is, are these the final games of Kirk Cousins' Redskins career? Yes or no? I don't know, honestly. That's not the I don't know. option. This team is so bizarre with how they've handled Kirk Cousins from the beginning. 
Greg, you mentioned it on our, our network hit or on our Pick'em show, one of these things, that, <laughs> that at this point like, they wanted to look down the stretch from you know, here on out to yeah. figure out what they think the up on the Pick'em yeah. show. You can watch, watch that. it on Saturday. Yeah. And on Sunday. Unless they've cut that, they you know we were on four times. Now we're on two. Maybe we'll see if one even. Yeah, it's, it's basic division. You can see where this is going. It's it's. I, how do you not know what Kirk Cousins is at this point? And I, I, when you remove Scott McLuhan from the organization, I understand there were issues there. You lost a great talent evaluator. I don't trust this front office to, you know, navigate an off season correctly. Well, now you're get. It's starting to feel familiar. There was a report from Dan Patrick, um, of all people, that the Redskins receivers were unhappy with Kirk Cousins throwing up Uh-oh. a lot of medicine balls, you know, putting them in position to get hurt. And so now that like this receiver group hasn't quite I've seen a out. lot of reliable people shooting down that damn All right, I don't but it just the the ugliness in Washington feels familiar like when things get ugly with the Redskins organization, they get really ugly. And the offense has collapsed the last 3 weeks. It's very dysfunctional. It's not at all on Kirk Cousins, but everything around him is really just kind of falling apart. How could the offense not collapse when you have 11 different offensive linemen who've played 100 snaps? From week one, your best oh. running back, second best running back, number one receiver, and number one tight end are all on injured reserve. You can't evaluate this quarterback or this offense right now. And NFL organizations do not let good, durable quarterbacks go. I don't think there's any way Kirk Cousins reaches the well, open market. What if Jake Jay Gruden's gone too? And if I don't think I don't think there's any way the Redskins let Kirk Cousins get away. I just I don't see it happening. So he's the highest-paid quarterback in the league. Yeah. That's that's the way they keep him. I mean, they've already done that once. They'll keep using the tag. And if those Redskins – if that's true, that the Redskins receivers are complaining, you know, John Beck is on the market. You want to see what it's yeah, like? Yeah, you want to go back to those days? Remember when go. Shanahan sold us John yes. Beck with a straight face? That was my favorite thing in the world. Mark, yes or no? On what? Will Kirk Cousins be back? Mm. Yes, I'll go yes. All right. I, I say no. Ja- Jacksonville Jaguars starting quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Interesting. <laughs> All right, moving on. Oh, here's a good one. Ooh, 405 start on the Fox Network, the Los Angeles Rams, 9-4, first place in the NFC West, uh, beat by Philly. Ooh, that could come back to haunt them because now the Seahawks are waiting for him at the clink, 8-5. and five. It's the battle for the NFC West. Wes, hi. What do you think about this game? <laughs> I got so excited watching Todd Gurley last week, who looks as explosive, as dynamic, as elusive, as he has since tearing his ACL at Georgia. He's already 300 touches into the season, and he looks like that. This guy, I think he's competing with Keenan Allen for comeback player of the year, and now he's going against a defense that will probably be without Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright, in addition to losing Cam Chancellor and Cliff Averill. So, to me, it's going to be a the Seahawks are going to have a hard time stopping the Rams and, and Todd Gurley, who – is the first-team All-Pro running back in my book. There's got to be a breaking point for the Seahawks' defense. I mean, how many key core players can you lose? I mean, they were giving up big plays in the passing game to Blake Bortles and the Jaguars last week, and why is there any reason to believe that that, other than the fact that they're at home, that that's going to change against a Rams passing attack that's so versatile and the way they use Gurley in the passing game, along with all their other receivers? They did stand up last game at home and got us all thinking, okay, this Seahawks team maybe is not done after the – so there's a chance of that, but they haven't been a great home team. They lost to the Falcons. They lost to the Redskins. 
they needed that late crazy comeback to beat Houston. You know, they they were trailing even against the Colts at one point. And I have to like they haven't that that home field mystique hasn't been there. But the Rams, it's still a very tough game for them because they need they need to get over the hump. They haven't they've just barely found a way to lose these games late against Seattle. Uh, they did it against the Eagles certainly last week. Like they, if they're gonna really be a team that matters in January, you gotta win this game, and it, it ends the division if you do win it. And the Seahawks, yeah, maybe record-wise they haven't been um, as dominant in Seattle, but this is kind of Seahawks time of year now. This is when when the games matter the most. When you go into that building, in the past five years they find a way. And Russell Wilson again, we talk about the MVP race. I'm excited to see how that goes down. And Russell Wilson needs to win this game to keep his team in the playoff mix. And I think if he does, he stays in the MVP race. Mm. I feel really good about the the Seahawks. I dabbled with the idea of a really oniony lockup. I, I stepped away from it because I do respect the team of ATL that much. Mm. You know, I respect the team of ATL, so I don't want to go that far and lock against them in a game like this, but <laughs> yeah, at the same time... It's going to mean a lot to that organization. Well, the Seahawks are favored in this game, which to me is a little crazy. I, I don't see that. I don't Vegas see or the desert, they see it in a similar way. This is Seahawks time. I, those old, it, what those old Seahawks teams beat you up at home down the stretch because they had a running game that could right. dominate teams. That's what's missing. Well, ask it, the Eagles. It, but it's ask crazy. The Eagles, though. They can show up. That was a big, big win. There's no doubt. It's crazy, though. The, the Rams are better everywhere. I think they're a better defense right now than the Seahawks. I think they're certainly a better offense. They've got the special teams. They're waiting to finally get over the top. And more than anything, His they've got the support from all of us. They're the team of around the NFL, Dan. I'm going to lock it up. There you go, Greggy. There you go. Oh, let's hear it. Let's listen to some music. Let's listen to the whole thing. It's so fun. Dan treating us all to some air guitar there during the five-and-a-half-minute version of the Team of ATL anthem. Dick Banks, the one-man house band, uh, on loan from the Dave Damaschek football program. They wouldn't send us to London. Would they allow us, the four of us, to even simply Uber down to a Rams playoff game and do a pod, you know, maybe well, That's game. a good point because they win this game. They're, we're going to have a nice little home game in LA. Why don't we playoff. bring that up with a shadowy league figure? By excuse me, it'll cost you nothing. We'll Uber on our own money down there and do our own show. We've been told that we need to be babysat, though, so I don't know if that, that is another situation. A lot of things going on behind the scenes. Put it that way. Complex. Michael Bennett's lucky to be playing in this game. If ever there's a game they need him and Sheldon Richardson and Frank Clark to dominate this (laughs) (laughs) Well, Greg obviously picks the Rams. Uh, I am going to pick the Seahawks. What do you guys got on that one? Rams. Rams seem to come up with a return TD every week. They have six return TDs this Mm. year. Their special teams are dominant, and I think this game could come down to kickers. The Rams might have the best in the league, and the Seahawks might have the worst. I'm taking the Rams. I like it. I see your Justin Tucker shade, and I don't like it. I love Justin Tucker. I think you could argue his last two years are the best two-year stretch by any kicker in NFL history, but nobody's kicked better than Greg Zerline this year. Yeah, Greg the leg. He does it. Move on. Now the game of the week. 
That was the appetizer. Here's the main course. The New England Patriots against the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field. Erica Tamposi, she can't even, I mean, she can't eat. She can't sleep. She's drinking a lot. She, you know, she, <laughs> she likes to tie one on from time to time. <laughs> from time to time. Um, and here we go. And, and I'll set it up this way, Greg. To me, and I, you're getting all excited. Oh, the AFC is not nearly as watered down as all these idiots were saying. That was not... subtweeted us. I get that. <laughs> no, I'll just say it out loud. Here is... You said it out loud. Yeah, it's deep. It's here... fine. Okay, that's Get away that's for a, December. That's a nice opinion. Um, here's my opinion. The winner of this game is going to the Super Bowl. And, hell, I think they'll win the Super Bowl, too. I think it's that important to get home field. I think it will come down to these two teams in the AFC. And I think the winner that has home field in the last weekend of January is the team that wins that game. That's how big the game is from my perspective. The stakes are that high. Your thoughts? Well, that would mean, you know, that let's say the Patriots or, or the Steelers, that they put in a, a more complete, better performance and start building towards that AFC championship because we're still a long way away. If you're the Steelers or the Patriots, you're still four games away. And when, when scouts go back and they look like, okay, let's evaluate the team, what do they go back? They just go back and look at the last four games because that's really all that matters. And that's kind of why I don't totally buy into the Steelers or the Patriots as Super Bowl teams because you look at the last three or four games, for the Patriots, you've got some offensive line problems. You've certainly got one-on-one matchup problems over the middle of the field with tight ends, with slot receivers, and the Steelers with Juju Smith-Schuster back can give you all sorts of problems. And when you look at the Steelers, you look at a secondary, much like last year at the end of the year, is kind of collapsing. Sean Davis giving up big plays, Artie Burns. They certainly missed Joe Hayden. And I think Tom Brady's looking at that matchup this week thinking he can put up a lot of points. I don't, I don't see these teams right now as some dominant figures. I want to know how Bill Belichick plans to keep a lid on this Pittsburgh offense because it kind of reminds me when they went into that 2001 Super Bowl matchup with the Kurt Warner-led Rams, passing the ball all over people, but they chose to shut down Marshall Falk. That was their primary goal from wire to wire to punish him. And so do you deal with Le'Veon Bell or do you or do you simply have to double Antonio Brown the entire... You, that one thing that uh, why I get annoyed watching the Steelers, it's because you, pe- teams continue to put Antonio Bell with one cornerback or one guy on him, and you're getting Antonio flam- Bell would be a, a and, terrifying player. Yeah, Antonio <laughs> Brown, like he's flaming play like teams consistently, predictably every third and fourth quarter, and you got to find a way to stop that pattern. But, or but the he, Pittsburghs are going to can't stop him. He's one of the best wide receivers ever in his the, prime. The difference has been. Since the second half of that Tennessee game, he's throwing the ball better than he has since the 2015 season. And for all those people, after the Jaguars game, all the pop psychologists who said, <laughs> you can't, six months before the season, you can't possibly be weighing whether you retire or not because then you'll never be ready to play football ever again. Give me a break. Yeah. You, I think you stop Brown if, if if there's some sort of choice to be made. Malcolm Butler has been the one covering Brown over the last few years. He's been competitive. They certainly did a good job on him overall in the AFC Championship game last year. You know, Le'Veon Bell is an inc- incredible player, but I think you live with them running the ball a lot. If Antonio Brown comes out of this with nine catches, 148 yards, a touchdown or two, and the Steelers win, is he the MVP? He is mine. I think this game is massive for the MVP. I think the winner of this game, assuming they play well, has kind of the inside edge. Well, we sorry have to, for your boy Russell. We have to get that matters too. Well, but, but we have to get to the point where the, whoever votes for these things can look past the fact that Antonio Brown's a wide receiver because it's never happened before. But I think it's you're totally right in the sense that if he blows up the rest of the season the way he's been doing, yeah, he has earned it. Well, and it's how Brady plays. 
the next three weeks. Right. Yeah. Because it, last week was the, his worst game of the year by so much that it – I don't know if it was just a fluke or it gets you worried. It wasn't just that, you know, the, the Dolphins are getting pressure on him. He's missing open throws by a lot. What if he's kind of out of nowhere? Just for this wide receiver MVP talk, what if he averages 10 for 150 and a touchdown for the rest of the season, but they get beat in this game and they end up in the, as a two or three seed? Is he then not the MVP? I think it depends if Brady plays well. Because I think Brady's had an incredible so season. That's where it's yeah, a little trickier week. for the clo- non quarterback. I think it's close enough that you need the full season. I wouldn't, yep. I wouldn't close down the voting after this week. Um, other thoughts about this game, gentlemen. Mark, what are you worried about? Uh, who are you rooting for, by the way? I'm curious, Mark. Who oh, do you yeah. want to win? You hate game? both these teams with um, burning passion. I am in a terrible place with Patriots <laughs> fans. It, my Twitter <laughs> feed, and I texted Wes about these the other night. Yeah, not good. I, it's been awful. Um, I, I don't. Has know. that calmed down, I, by the way? A little bit. I mean, I everyone mean, I, everyone forgets about everything. And if you are, if you're a Patriots fan that came after Mark, and you're a fan of this podcast, you know, actually, come back. Actually, I, I will say that. something great about our listeners that the only kind of oasis in the middle of all that right. was podcast listeners saying, oh, you kind of got to get where these tweets are coming from. This person's a little bit of a, uh, not to use the term loose cannon twice on two people, but a bit of a loose cannon on Monday nights, and that's <laughs> maybe where some of this verbiage. Did Erica come after you on Twitter? I don't recall. No, but you tagged me, so all these people are tweeting at me too. Oh. <laughs> I don't, did I tag you? Or you <laughs> responded to me I responded to someone you did. And then now yeah. everyone's answering that, being like, ugh. It I, wasn't that serious. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'd say that Patriots fans, like, who cares what I say? Your team just continues to roll. I mean, just enjoy it. I don't know about this week. Block all of them. Oh, I don't know about yeah. this week. I don't know who I'm rooting for. I want it to be a, a good game. I wish we were on at night. I wish we were on Thursday night tonight, not this Thursday night game that we already talked about. Greg, here it is. You have never picked against the Patriots ever in the history of the Around the NFL podcast. I know you have thoughts the other way this time because we did a pick em segment where you uh, – or a network segment where you hinted that that's how you I think the Steelers go. are, are – I'm not going to pick against them. I don't know. It's just – What's You're not going to pick against the Steelers against or the, the Patriots. I'm not going to pick against. I the Patriots. I get worried about a revenge game if they if they I, do lose. Then the revenge game in the playoffs. Right. I can also mm. I could also see a scenario where the Patriots lose this game and win in the playoffs. I don't think this game is the end all be all, especially for a, a no. veteran team like the Patriots. I think it's it's very important uh, for the Steelers. It's very important for both teams. But, but I could trust the the Patriots if they could turn things around. The problem is I don't know if they're if they're good enough. We'll see. We'll see. Well, are the Steelers good enough? I, right, I don't trust it. either one of these defenses to stop the offense. And, and the Patriots have shown that they have the Steelers' number, especially if the Steelers continue to play zone defense against Tom Brady and Gronk. I mean, he owns – Bill Belichick owns Mike Tomlin. I really wonder if Le'Veon Bell will be the same guy by the time you get to the AFC Championship game. He has played – Using this, him up. This Was it last year? This is a crazy stat. He has played 156 more snaps than any other running back in the league. That's three games. He's uh, he's basically played three games and however many more carries than any other running back. It's crazy. I think something psychologically changed with this Steelers team in the second half against the Bengals. They feel completely different to me, mm. and maybe maybe I just view them differently. They're not perfect, and neither are the Patriots, but – I'm gonna, I think they're going to win this game and quiet all the nonsense about Tomlin and everything else. But Eric is exactly right. That creates issues when you have to play the Patriots again in the playoffs. You might get a different result. Yeah, well, they, they really they, miss they it. Could, they'll be eased by the fact that they would probably be in their building back in yeah. the same stadium where they beat them under that 
theory. You know, setting aside like the emotional part of it, they missed Ryan Shazier so Terribly. much on the field yep. last week. I think that like if they had lost that game and they easily could have, I think that was the difference that the Ravens were running all over. By them. the way, Patriots get Gronkowski back too. That's, that's big. huge. That, that's, huge. That's, that's that was not me- not enough was made of that. Brady did not look good at all against the Dolphins, but that was that cannot be overlooked. He has eight touchdowns in five career games with the Steelers. It's the highest rate of receiving touchdowns that one player has against any team Woo! since the merger. Oh, I like that. Um, now I'm picking the Patriots. Love Bell not averaging four yards a carry this year, by the way. Yeah, so of course you're more afraid of Antonio Brown than Lev Bell. <clears throat> Moving on, the Tennessee Titans are eight and five. Uh, lost to, to the Cards last week. Now they travel to San Francisco to face the 49ers who are, listen, they are messing up their draft standing, but it's okay because the reason they're quote-unquote messing it up is because Jimmy Garoppolo has come in and given them a steadier presence at quarterback. He hasn't played out of his mind, Mark, uh, but he's also been a big upgrade over what they had, and there's a lot of reason to be excited if you're a Niners fan. Who cares about your draft pick? You found your quarterback. That that horrible way to have to live is over for those Niners fans. They've got something to be thrilled about right here. I Listen, the Titans have an unfixable vanilla offense. They are going to lose this game, and I'll tell you why. Because on Sunday night, last Sunday, I locked it up! Oh, yeah, you already did. The same intensity both times. That's why you're a pro, buddy. I actually rec- I asked to watch this game on Sunday and cover it. I think Jimmy G is one of the best late-season stories. This trade is going to go down. It's going to change this franchise for years much, to come. How, you are really into the Jimmy G thing. As am I. It is because it's no, real. No, no, let me finish okay. my point. It, how connected is it to, is that you, in a lot of ways, you wanted him to be a Brown so bad, you thought it was going to happen, and now you have to kind of view it through the 49ers lens. Is there any type of psychology going on with you with that? I, I, I applaud, honestly, the Niners for making the move. Cleveland couldn't get it done. Too bad. I got I to still come in and cover this sport, so it's like I'm not going to sit around worrying about what the Browns can't do. It's, it's, it says a lot about the Titans right now that the, the 49ers are favored in this game. Yes, that, it, yes that's, it does. That's they're 8-5. That's and the lack of respect, dog. which makes sense for where the Titans Mariota are Mariota right has now. eight games with a passer rating below 80. The only quarterback with more, nine, Deshaun Kaiser. I noticed that you called the Titans' offense unfixable days after Malarkey said it was fixable. Mm. It's been broken since week one. It really has. It's been broken all season long. They have no identity. They don't know who they are. And I agree with you. Malarkey's full of it. They're not fixable. How are they going to fix it? What? I mean, come on. I think Mariota's being done a disservice with this coaching staff in, Me this, too. in this system. He needs to be in – I don't know. I'm not into the the Mike Malarkey thing coming back on us. Uh, let's uh, move on. We'll talk a little Sunday night football. The Dallas Cowboys, 7-6, and six, uh, need a win in the worst way, and so does their opponent. The Oakland Raiders, 6-7 uh, and seven, uh, after their loss to the Chiefs last week. They need a win in the worst way. Uh, more likely to make the postseason, Cowboys or Raiders, Wes? What's more likely? <laughs> Well, the Raiders aren't going to make the postseason period because they're a bad football team, and they have been all year. We've been saying that all year, and they proved it again last week. They're likely to be without Amari Cooper. Uh, their receivers drop almost everything anyway. And they, Derek Carr takes 2.29 seconds to pass, which is the quickest by far in the NFL. There is no downfield element to this passing attack. Why is he getting rid of the ball so quickly and – taking checkdowns behind an offensive line that's supposed to be one of the best in the NFL. Usually is. I think a lot of times you see that from Carr on like a third and long type of situation. Yeah. Where you're just like, why are you throwing to three yards? It's 
Speaking of broken offenses, this is one. Mm. I thought Dallas, and you're playing a terrible Giants defense. I get that. But Dak Prescott had one of his more impressive games. They looked explosive in the passing game. Cole Beasley back in action for them. Des Bryant had a big touchdown. I mean, I think Dallas is going to roll right over a team that, you know, we talked before about the AFC West playoff picture, and we didn't even talk about the Raiders, and there's a reason for that. They feel like they're zooming towards a massive reorganization potentially. Yeah, like how how great is this offensive line you know, of the Cowboys? It's been the best over the last three or four years. You have three all pros. Like this is the time with Zeke out that it was up to them to kind of come over and just take over games, win it on their own. For the most part, they've done that and facing the Raiders, defense on Sunday night like I absolutely expect them to kind of just manhandle them and win a game on their own get it set it up for Zeke Zeke Zeke's back next week he is against the Seahawks in a in a game that could be two eight and six like losers out kind of bowl if they yeah Mm -hmm. if they look I mean they could be rolling that's why I like the Cowboys a lot and that Wes it was not really a shot at the Packers if they do take care of business this week and then they get Zeke back, I feel really good that they are going to be a team that, that can sneak in the playoffs and make noise in the NFC. I'm not convinced they're good, though. Are, can no, they pass the ball? because they beat up Do they the have Giants a good defense? A I don't know. They, they could get it All together. All right, but we, should, we shouldn't be so sure about any team, by the way. No, no, I agree. I, I mean, <laughs> let's just not assume the Cowboys stink because we're wrong all the time about this. No, I, I agree. I think they can transform, certainly, if the Dolphins can, but I haven't seen it, really, from their defense and their passing game much. By the way. What's more likely? never answered me Wes I said the Raiders are not it's not possible for the Raiders to go to the playoffs so the Cowboys are the more likely <laughs> more likely I just wanted a little little paperwork just yeah. wanted to okay. get it on record a lot of rules and regulations being <laughs> espoused by Dan today save it for the rules and regulations pod Dan finally Monday night football the Falcons eight and five uh, they beat the Saints in a huge win last Thursday, and now they get ooh, that's it's almost like a mini bye Thursday night to Monday night, uh, and they get to they get the Bucks. Greg, uh, if the Falcons are any good at all, they're gonna whip up on this bad Bucks team. Uh, that's what's gonna happen, right? They should. I think weird things happen when you play a team twice in three weeks, like the Dolphins and Patriots did in in the first matchup. The Bucks and Ryan Fitzpatrick had 27 first downs. And they basically did what they wanted. So in a division game, nothing would shock me. But the Falcons deserve a little credit. Like in this wild wild card race, they've beaten all the other teams. They've got every tiebreak. They beat the Cowboys. They beat the Lions. They beat the Seahawks. And they beat the Packers. They beat everyone. So if they win games like this one, they're going to get in. I, watching that Saints game, I mean, Mosa knew impressed me. Again, Julio Jones. But Matt Ryan could have had five interceptions in that game. I mean, there were some some bad throws by Matt Ryan, but you got to get out of this one without making all these mistakes. If Sarkeesian is ever going to use his running backs in the passing game, which has been bizarre how he has left them out of the passing game, this is the matchup against the defense that was shredded by Theo Riddick and Eric Ebron last week. I, I just don't have any confidence that, that Sarkeesian is going to do and that. No Tevin he hasn't Coleman, done. most likely. He's, he has a concussion. I thought it was interesting the Bucks played Chris Godwin more snaps last week than Adam Humphreys or Deshaun Jackson. He looked very good. O.J. Howard, like, I don't know. I could, Couldn't you just see – I could see this being a, I could, a close game. It would not surprise me if, if there's an upset here. And the Bucks have been working on Jameis Winston's mechanics. His, foot, his feet were quieter. Mm. He was carrying the ball higher. He was getting rid of the ball quicker. And then it kind of regressed over the course of the game. But they came out, and you could tell he was working on his mechanics in the first quarter. Dirk caught a revenge game. Did you know, you know, used to work for the Falcons. Oh, yeah. Was an employee there? He he worked there, yes. 
He may not have too many opportunities at revenge games left. What, if they he, don't. what was his job? Was he like working the mess hall? Or <laughs> he coordinated their offense. The valet guy called maybe? the plays. Oh, he was, was he was the coach on the team. Stalling a the prominent game, coach. Yes. A prominent coach. Yes. I thought maybe he's like a landscaper there. <laughs> no. I mean, I think he's multifaceted, but <laughs> no. All right. There you go. That's the Week 15 preview. The next time you hear from us, it will be our Week 15 recap show on Sunday night. It's the flagship program. Uh, if you can't get enough of us, uh, NFL pick them. We're down to twice. Four divided by two is two. Nailed it. Wasn't there a reason, though? The Someone's fan- had enough the of us. The fantasy playoffs were on, so they were giving Fantasy Live a few extra sharing. Yeah, that kind of Yeah, but that sense. was last week. Well, this week, it's like... Still the fantasy playoffs. But that's like 10% of the people that play fantasy now. Doesn't it feel a little... Superfluous to give them another airing still. There were other areas of programming you could have trimmed if you needed to. Uh, trimming us was a bad move. Wow, shots remember. at Fantasy Live. Plus the, loose, coming. <laughs> plus the loose cannon behind the glass. Uh, she really does. Uh, she, she commanded me, by the way, on our instant messaging client. Client, I don't know when the times are. Oh, but there, they are. 5 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. Just mentioned how, and this is capped out, dope our segments are. They're pretty dope. They yeah. are. And and Erica is the is the woman behind that all. So if you want to see Erica uh, at, at her in her element where she's really dominant, a great job. You know, hopefully you have it saved on your DVR with the keep until I delete, which means it's just staying yeah. there forever. Last week's show with the win, lose or draw, yes. that was Tim Posey's masterpiece. Well, she is. You are working hard for like multiple Webbies. Is this what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, we're gonna You're get, very ambitious, we're gonna and it's going to pay some, off. Some some awards this time. All right, let's let's get out of here. This is Dan Hansa signing off for the Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and the loose cannon. She's nervous. Her big team. She's drinking that wine down. Oh my goodness! Till Sunday night. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 